Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and those who lie between. This is Nolan Lacey uh, for After the Plot with my co-host. Uh, good job, Lacey. Hello, everyone. Good to see you. How are you? Uh, how are you doing this evening? Good job. I'm I'm doing pretty good, recovering after our long excursion that we had last month. Well, you know, you put yourself into a lot of those situations, so I, I would say your recovery is part of the cost. Mm-hmm. It was a good. It was a good time, though. It was a it, good trip. It had its moments. The the mm-hmm. um, the race cars, th- that was a pretty fun event to watch. A- at least yeah. until the first blue shell and too many explosions. I honestly didn't expect that. I, I didn't either. It mm-hmm. was electrifying. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you remember our last broadcast from last month, uh, I mentioned an upcoming trip to Hyrule. And my co-host Donald was very excited it's, to it's Nolan to hear about the upcoming trip. Fortunate turn of events at the last minute, he was able to accompany me on my excursion here. We'll get into that a little bit more in the story, but I just think it was so great that we were able to go as like a team to check out one of these stories. Well, it turned it out. It turned out that you needed as many hands as you could get, especially after we uh, we lost Frederick in the mountains. You really needed the help. That's true. We probably should have planned better for that. Um, but, you know, he, he was he was wearing a red jacket the whole time. and Yeah. You know, you got to plan better. You got to read. What can you, what can you do? Yeah. He do your homework. He didn't do, do his homework. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I was really interested to learn about Randy here. It's Nolan. Um, what's that? It's, it's Nolan. Ne- never mind. He, uh, it was fortunate that he, he speaks Goron. Well, I, I don't actually speak it, but I, I've learned to understand it enough to, to have a conversation if they can speak English. Yeah, he, 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 knew, he knew enough to get us by, which is very fortunate. Um, not many Gorons speak English um, when we were up there, so very, very glad to have him along. I'm not quite sure what I would have done. <laughs> Uh, by myself. Well, it's you know it's a very beautiful language, and and their uh, their folk music scene is really what taught me most of mm. how I learned to speak it. Mm. It's uh, it's a very guttural, uh, enthusiastic language when you when you listen to the the lyrics and the mm. you know. It's, it's a shame we didn't catch a, a rock show while we were there. Yeah, yeah, they're um, they're harder to come by than you would think. Yeah. So. What should we What should we review before we we get into the story? We 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 went down to Hyrule, a little bit of a social justice issue that we were looking into. the The area is really split on on what's going on. Some some are calling this essentially teenager uh, a bandit, and some are calling him a hero. And uh, we we definitely found both sides of that story uh, given credence to through our interactions with the people in Hyrule. And I must say, I did not expect that at the beginning. No, no. You know, when, when we first heard that uh, somebody was coming in and ransacking everybody's business, I was expecting there to be a lot more opposition. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, don't forget. Ah, Jesus. Hey, don't forget. You have to empty your dishwasher. Uh, hey. All right. Don't forget. Don't okay. forget to get the dishes Thanks. out of your dishwasher. Okay. Still right. have that? Right. Hang on. St- hang on one second. Stop. Okay. All right. I told you not to get that. What? How much did no, you spend? No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It takes a, it like it takes a while to get 
them acclimated to your household. And that that comes out of our budget, though. It was a steal, man. It was a it was steal? like two hundred rupees. We had to sell one of the horses to get back. We, Frederick uh, couldn't make it back. Like we didn't need that horse anyway. Like what we were gonna do? I had it's to. A, it, I had to schlep all of his equipment back on my back so you could have that fucking fairy. You you can fit like sixty five items in that bag. Like it doesn't get any bigger when you put things in it. It's fine. Like. It's not that big of a deal. I don't have the bag of holding. It's just a big goddamn uh, okay. bag. All right, all right. Anyway, I, we're getting away from the store here. What? Let's let's take a break on that. Um, and why don't, let's let's get into the first part of the story. How about that? All right, fine, fine. Okay. So we 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 we're gonna start the trail, uh, heading optimistically down into uh, the magical kingdom. Oh, not the magical kingdom. Excuse me, trademark. Uh, one of the magical kingdoms. Uh, you know, you and I and the listening audience. Might know as Hyrule. Hyrule. Growing up, my family would frequently take trips to visit the kingdom, and it's always held a special place in my heart. I can remember fishing trips with my dad down to Lake Hylia and visiting the Gerudo Farmer's Market with my mom to find the best dried Goomba in the whole world. So it struck a nerve when I found out about a recent string of vandalism within the kingdom. Bandits were ransacking popular market spaces and causing harm to working middle-class families. So I decided I should hit the road and look into the cause and effects of this crime spree on the kingdom that I had grown up thinking of as my home away from home. After some assertive conversations with our production manager, I convinced him to let me bring along my co-host, Roland Lacey. It was too big of a story for one person, with too much ground to cover. But pretty soon, we were off. Hyrule is one of those places where, after you've been there once, it's pretty easy to find. We went to the nearest station, and found the plumber's pipe nine and three quarters, and we were on our way. Once we arrived, we headed straight for Kakariko Village. It's definitely the best town to stop in after a long trip, and I needed a refreshment. So we found a bar, I ordered some Lon Lon milk, and my co-host Randall got a green potion. After paying our tab, we decided to start asking around. As one of the most bustling villages in the kingdom, it didn't take long to find someone willing to talk to us about the vandalism. The guy was a carpenter. His name was... John. John. John the Carpenter. John gave us a little of his backstory into what he does in the village. Oh, I work all over the place. You know, we do most of our work in Kakariko, but, uh, you know, you can find us in Gerudo Valley or, you know, wherever they need carpentry done. He also threw in some trivia about Kakariko, free of charge. Namely, the city's bustling import-export business of pots. Of course, yeah. I mean, we, you know, we use them for uh, fairies, and we use them for milk, and we use them for arrows, and, uh, you know, we're pretty much, you know, what what can't you put in a pot? That's true. That's true. Pots are very, very convenient. Uh, have you had any issues with this bandit? Oh, you know, he goes into all of the buildings, and he just, he just smashes them, just for fun. And he just picks up all the items, and it's, it's just, he's just so rude and cavalier with the pots. That's what I've heard about him in different locations. Uh, uh, but, you know, things usually come back to normal after that, right? Oh, it, you know, it's just inconvenient. It's, it's just, it's not that it's terrible. It's just, who does that? That's, you know, it's like coming into someone's house and just not flushing the toilet. I mean, it's just rude. 
I pressed him further to describe some of the acts of vandalism that he had seen in the past few months. These ranged from small inconveniences such as simple theft. This bandit, oh, he, he comes in. He took one of our guy's saw. How, how can you be a carpenter if you don't have a saw? You know, mm. answer that question for me. That would be difficult. That would be difficult. He just, you know, he, we see him running around the village and, and you know, he, he jumped into the well and he, he came out with some mystical items. To more sinister acts like desecrating the village cemetery. You know, it's it's crazy. I heard that he even ransacked the royal tomb. I mean, wh oh, what kind man. of person does that? And even going so far as to terrorize and abuse the local livestock. We were putting a roof onto a house, and he just he grabbed one of those big old ordinary chickens that are running around, and he done jumped off the roof. It was the craziest thing I'd ever seen, brother. I mean, how do you stay aloft with just a chicken? You mean these chickens just over here across the way? Yes, those those big old angry birds. Oh my I, I, he is, well, I mean, you know, he's he's a bad person, but he is brave. Uh, can can I can I say that? Oh yeah yeah yeah, this is a podcast. Okay. He he's damn brave to grab one of those chickens by its feet and try and fly with it. I asked John about going to local law enforcement about the problem, but guards. He didn't seem interested in leaning on the establishment to solve his problems. They're just freeloaders holding spears, and, and they tell everybody else they can't have their spears, and they're coming for our spears. You know, I, I, I'd like to have a big old talk with the princess about that. At this point, John even had some choice words for the royal family. You, you know, it, it almost feels like they're endorsing it at this point. It seemed that John was pretty fed up with the way things are going in Kakariko Village, so he asked if it was even worth it to stay put at this point. Uh, you know, I mean, we've tried permanently putting an outpost in Gerudo Valley, but, uh, man, those ladies are tough. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of spaces around uh, the, the Hyrule Sea that I, I hear need boats built, but, I mean, that's hard work, man. And, uh, you know, uh, I just like it here. My family's here. What, what's the point in moving? I, I just, I think Kakariko Village is the place they're gonna, they're gonna lay my bones. After saying our farewells to John, we headed east out of town and up the trail towards Goron City. Now, I've never visited the city much as a child, and I was a little hesitant to go. But my co-host Ronald assured me that things would be fine, and we headed up. Along the way, he came across a gold sculptula, which I hadn't seen in years. Pretty soon, we made it to the city. Due to recent political tensions, not only was it difficult to get into the city, but once we were in, not many people would agree to talk to us. Fortunately, we were able to eventually talk one citizen into speaking with us. Randy interpreted for the interview. All right, so uh, we'll go ahead and get started. If you could just say your, your name for the, uh, for the recording here. What? Oh, hello. Uh, my name is Kiganog Gomu. I knew Kignog could tell I was nervous being in the Goron City, and so he told me a little bit about the city to try and calm my nerves. Well, we live inside of, of Mount Doom because that's where the tastiest rocks grow. So it's easiest for our people to, to stay inside of Mount Doom and, and harvest the rocks and live among them. I inquired with Kignog about the vandalism happening in Kakariko and if it was affecting them at all, but he didn't seem very bothered with their problems, only the fact that they came up the mountain a little too often. Mm, those people, you know, there's there's a reason that we had that gate installed. We even pay 
for the princess to station a guard outside of it. We don't like outsiders to come into our caves, and we especially don't like vandalism. And yet, they ignore our pleas to keep the gate closed, and, and these people make it in from time to time. I felt nervous, as we had just come from the very same city. But fortunately for us, things aren't always so black and white for Gorons. Kignog explained that not everyone coming from the village was up to no good. Well, there was this one kid. We were really worried that he was just coming in to steal our tastiest rocks, but he really did us a solid when he killed the giant Dodongo. He even helped uh, Biggeron with his eye problems. What, what, what eye problems? Well, Biggeron, he's too big for the caves, so he has to sit on top of the mountain. And I don't know what the, his problem is, but he's constantly crying and weeping, so he has to have special eye drops. And this kid ran an errand for him so that the Biggeron would construct him a sword, essentially. Wait, do you mean that huge lump that I saw on top of the mountain? Hey now, don't call him a lump. But Kignog didn't stop with the Biggeron, and he explained a complex arrangement that they had with one of the boys from the village and how it put them in a hard spot. I have to say that this one particular kid, when he comes in, is more interested mm -hmm. in our bombs. So we sell him our bombs. I'm sorry, uh, did you say bombs? Bombs. The vandalism had even begun affecting commercial ties between Goron City and Kakariko Village, as thugs were damaging the imported pots used by the Gorons. We, we import pots from Kakariko Village, and he must hate them. Hmm. You mean like the ones here on the floor? Oh yes. He he comes in and, and for whatever reason, as soon as he buys bombs, he lays them next to the pots. And I'm assuming this destroys a lot of pots. Oh, it does, and it is just such an inconvenience. Well, have you, have you gotten them repaired? I mean, th things seem to look, look pretty normal. I'm sorry, did you say repair the pots? Although becoming more and more worn down from the Vandals, Kignog and most of the other Gorons' hands were tied due to the recent political tensions. Well, our leader granted this kid our most sacred rock after he defeated the Dodongo, so it ties our hands to really do anything. Why would we upset our leader if he trusts him? So is this problem just going to continue for the time being? Well, unless a very fortunate rock should fall on him, or he, you know, should misstep in the caves and fall into some lava, it looks like we're stuck with him until he decides to stop coming back. After bidding farewell to Gignog, we stopped in a shop to buy some of the famed Goron bombs, but we were told we didn't have the right kind of bags or bracelets for them, and so we left empty-handed. As we returned down the mountain, a member of our productions crew was unfortunately eaten by a tektite. So we were forced to split his gear between us and continue on our journey. Along the way, I began to piece together this story of innocent people in Hyrule just trying to make their way in the world, but instead having to constantly worry about kids breaking in and smashing their pots. It was clear that the impact left by these ruffians lasted much longer than the time it took for their pots and belongings to simply respawn, and I wanted to get to the bottom of this. So we headed towards the castle. But on the way there, we were set upon by a mad fiend tearing across the field on a souped-up dune buggy. 
The guy was verifiably off his rocker. He pulled a hard right, nearly running over a family of Gorons on holiday, and sped into the castle. We felt it was better if maybe we came back later. So instead, we headed south to Lon Lon Ranch. We could check the story there and maybe even take a break for a day or so. Pretty soon, we arrived at the ranch and met the ranch manager. My name is Ingo. I run the Lon Lon Ranch. Although we had just arrived, Ingo had heard about our story coverage and was very eager to get on the record about some of the injustices he had faced from the Vandals in Hyrule. And steal all the hard-working one-percenters things. Although, sometimes maybe a little too eager. F**k, I think I just answered that too soon. But apart from his loose tongue, Ingo was a pretty good guy. He recently experienced a spate of vandalism at the ranch, and he feels like the royal family isn't sending the support he needs, just to keep his family safe and his staff paid. To, um, protect me and, uh, all my valuables. Apparently, the story goes like this. One day, this kid wanders into the ranch and starts following around one of the girls that lives at the ranch, blowing what Ingo called a kazoo or something at her. She starts getting annoyed, and Ingo finally got fed up. So he intervened and told the kid to get lost unless he had a reason to be here. The kid said he was looking to purchase a horse, the best one on the lot, and asked if he could go for a test drive. And I said, well, if you can jump over all of these things, maybe you could have it. And then he tried to do it, and he failed. He was so bad at riding horses. The horse was nearly injured several times by the boy, and when Ingo finally forced him off the horse... Then uh, he kicked me several times. That's why I'm wearing this ruff. It's a neck brace. And that's when things went from bad to worse. He... he beat me in a race up. He beat me up for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kid left the horse at the ranch, albeit terrified. Ingo says he did a backflip and mumbled something racist about Skull Kids, yeah! and then ran off. Since then, Ingo and his staff have started to rebuild. Once the pots and crates reappeared, they used some of the rupees that appeared in them to pay the veterinarian bills for the horse and Ingo's injuries, and they've both recovered well. But he hasn't received any compensation from the royal family, and he doesn't think anyone has done anything about the vandals. It's a travesty. And he's having a difficult time staying optimistic about the future. And they think it makes them cool. I blame that windmill music. On the way out the next morning, my host Quentin Lacey asked about the injured horse and what Ingo planned to do with it. Uh, I, I'll tell you what I wasn't doing with it. But Ingo brushed the question off, not wanting to focus on the negative. I wasn't planning to give it to Ganondorf. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. It surely wouldn't get me in his good graces so he would spare my ranch. No, that would be preposterous. Finally, we purchased some more milk from Ingo and headed back towards the castle. We needed to restore our provisions lost when our production's assistant was eaten, and Hyrule Castle Market was the best place to stop. Plus, my co-host Conrad had heard of a high-profile boutique being vandalized in town, and he wanted to check the story on that as well. After passing through security, we asked a guard if he had any information on the vandals or the vandalism in Hyrule. And it was here where our story took a turn.
He agreed to speak with us, under the condition that we didn't use his full name. Uh, I'm a guard. And he shared with us some of the thrilling tales he's experienced in his fast-paced post in Hyrule. I, I guard the storage room uh, here in Hyrule. What kind of valuable items have you lost to this this bandit? I, you know, I, I'd say maybe a quarter of the treasury of the town. Um, you know, we, we just keep all the money in these pots. When I asked about how he felt about the recent uptick in vandalism, the guard, however, had a unique opinion. One which took into consideration a broader and perhaps deeper perspective on the very social fabric which was at stake. Man, I I, I don't really care what the kid does in here. He's, he's a fucking kid. He wants to spin it on candy, cool. While I was uplifted, and dare I say, almost enlightened by this point of view, my co-host Dylan had a difficult time swallowing the philosophy of the guard. You're the law in Hyrule. You know, why aren't you helping? Why aren't you trying to stop him? I mean... Because I don't get paid enough for this bullshit. The guard elaborated further on the grisly scenes he's experienced. He walks in, he... Stares, those unblinking eyes, and draws his sword, and I, I can't look away, and then I blink, and I catch a flash of light off the blade, and everything in the room is broken, uh, except me. So, um... I asked the guard about what might drive a vandal to such depraved acts of depravity. Boredom? Uh, power? End of list. I, I don't know what else. Now, while you and I might shudder at the thought of such an invasion into our privacy, I was moved by the guard's unyielding tone of benevolence and forgiveness. I asked if he had considered relocating to somewhere else where the vandalism isn't quite as big of an issue. His dedication was staggering. Uh, yeah. It just it seems like a lot of work. All my stuff's here. Um, my dad just got a bumper pool table. I don't. I don't really want to bail on him when he's made that kind of commitment, you know. Towards the end of our chat, though, we apparently touched a nerve when Dalvin asked about the royal family's involvement in solving this problem. Yeah, I... Wait, so the princess could hear this? She will. Okay, so... Alright, the guards in the town haven't had a raise in over uh, 16 years. Meanwhile, the fire department for Hyrule has gotten a raise every year. They got really cool horses. They got uh, they got brand new hoses. I don't understand why the militia in this town is treated like second-class citizens. I mean, for real, Princess, it's almost like you don't really even care about the safety of this town. I, I, I can't even tell you how many times... When we come back, Roger Lacey comes face-to-face -face with one of the very bandits on whom we came to report. And now, a few words. In your own words, what is an espadrille? An espadrille is a very rare bug plant 
It's shaped like the leaf of a bamboo tree, even though it only grows in South America. The espadrille can grow up to 16 feet long and have over a thousand legs. An espadrille. In your own words, what is a crinoline? A crinoline is the most delicious type of Scandinavian pastry, made from the flower of the flamelata plant found only in the fjords of Norway. This pastry can be found fresh in most markets between October and January. A crinoline. In your own words, what is deadheading? Deadheading is uh, a common prank similar to cow tipping, except it's when a bunch of adventurers in a party go into a lich's domain find his phylactery and um, proceed to just do all sorts of things that he would not appreciate done to it. Things like putting it upside down, putting it in a chamber pot, throwing it over a cliff into the forbidden flames of Rahula, which uh, the lich is not allowed to go into. Or, you know, also just putting it in the dishwasher. Deadheading. This has been A Few Words. All right, welcome back, everyone, to After the Plot. I am Good Job Lacey, if you're just joining us. Um, and this is my co-host. This is Nolan Lacey for After the Plot as well. Very good. Good to have you, Owen. Um, it's Nolan. So if you're, uh, if you're just joining us, we, we've been retracing our steps through our investigative journey through Hyrule, looking into uh, up to this point what we've considered to be random acts of vandalism is, is the best way I would describe it. Wouldn't, wouldn't you? Oh yeah. This, this kid has, you know, he's stolen a horse. He's beaten people up. He's taken people's, you know, personal valuables. He's, he's a real menace to society from what we were originally investigating. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, on top of the day-to-day struggles of, of living in such a kingdom, having to worry about these acts of violence um, it really struck a nerve, you know, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, I, I spent a lot of time here, uh, growing up. And so just, just seeing the, the plight that has come to the kingdom, you know, really, really hit home. And, you know, for the most part, they've had the Bokoblin uh, uprising under control for forever. I mean, everybody's had to kill a Bokoblin on vacation. It's, hey, you know. Hey, don't oh, forget. Geez. Still gotta finish those hey, dishes. Stop. And then... Wow. You have all that trash from that party left over, so don't forget to clean that up. Hold on a second. Did you? You bought a bottle. Don't forget, you still have to clean up after that wild party. Okay, I got it. I got it. Did you lose the cork? Like, why? Why is she out? All right, all right, all right. Here, I'll press the button. Okay, jeez. All right, where were we? Have you not assigned it to the right button? Like, what is going on? I had a glass bottle. I needed a glass bottle. I just assigned it back to the start menu for a second. God, why? I thought it would be okay. No, but it's great. It's got Bluetooth. Oh, Uh, oh, that's the great thing about it. It's not, it doesn't wake you up every two hours to tell you to to fold your clothes. No, it does. It does. But there's like coffee made in the morning, um, and it can, you know, set up the timer when I have to worry about the cats coming in and out. I mean, it's it's got pros and cons, you know. I mean, like anything, it's a it's an investment. It's just, an investment. I just will never forgive what she did on the road. Hey. We don't need to get into that right now. Anyway, um, all right. So let's let's dive back in um, and hear the the thrilling conclusion to to our tale of this uh, 
this, this, this rogue band of, of vandals set loose on the kingdom. After our conversation with one of the guards in the Hyrule Castle, my mind began to wander, and I began to reconsider these bandits and vandals. Were they truly just a bunch of kids? And if so, was it not up to the adults in Hyrule to nurture and mentor these children onto the right path? The sudden shift in perception left me a little stunned. My co-host, Neil, and I split up. While I visited the bazaar to restock our provisions for our trip down into Kokiri Forest, he visited the Happy Mask Shop. You may have heard of the place. They sell all those free-range, organic, homegrown masks that you've seen around town. Anyway, it was here that we really began to hear of different opinions about the bandits of Hyrule, as well as see the details of the story up close and personal. I'll let the story pick up with Nicholas as he began his interview with the owner of the Happy Mask Shop. All right, so uh, can you give me your name? My name? Yes. My name is Olaf Jaloflosen. What's the shop that you have here in Hyrule? I run the Happy Mask Shop. Take a look around. This mask might be for you. Maybe this mask might be for you. Could I interest you in trying on a mask? Okay, um, so uh, we've heard that there's been a wave of vandalism around. Uh, have, have you lost any valuable items due to this bandit? Oh, we've lost an item here or there, maybe, but you can't live in a city like Hyrule and not expect to lose a few valuable items from time to time. But no matter, after people leave, things tend to return back to the way they were. So you're saying that you have lost items, so you're saying that the bandit has come into your shop and left with an item. Oh, the bandit. You mean the boy, don't you? Yes, the boy. Oh, this young lad. Unfortunately, does make me sad. This this young lad came in many times to our shop, and I, I think he was running away from something. Perhaps he was running towards something. Either way, he needed a mask in his life. Do you feel like you need a mask in your life? No. So your experience with this bandit has been good? I'd say it's been less than bad. I took him under my wing, I gave him a few items to sell to people on the streets. I have many masks at my shop, and with all the responsibilities of being a shop owner, I can't always run my errands, and this young lad looked like he could use a few extra rupees in his pocket. So, he's come in, he's vandalized your shop, you gave him basically errands, and he stole those as well. Have you tried to speak to the local law enforcement at this? Uh, have they helped at all? The last law enforcement member I spoke to seemed to be quite bored at his job. I ended up selling him the Keaton mask here, and he seems to be having a much better time during his day now. As to the Vandal, let's just say perhaps he hasn't run enough errands for me to see the air of his ways. I see. Well, do you think that there's going to be any negative effects from endorsing what he's doing, essentially? Well, there may be some negative effects from this young lad, but 
If anything, the fact that he is spreading my merchandise around Hyrule should bring more people into the Happy Mask Shop, don't you think? So, what you're saying is you're using <laughs> vandalism and... Uh, uh, oh, hang on, hang on just one second. Of well, course. hello there. Welcome to the Happy Mask Shop. Hey, hey, oh, hold on one second. Stop, don't, what is don't he? do that. What's he doing? Oh, no. Can you put that down, please, sir? Please, please, oh, no. Okay, this is exactly what we're talking about. Oh, my, it's usually not this bad. Come over here, lad. Oh, wait, no, oh, my no, God. Like that. Yep, yep, there, that went. That's going to leave oh. Rose in the morning. Oh, okay. there's so oh, many oh. things in there. Oh, just hang on. One, just one, one moment. Oh, oh, okay, we'll be right with you. Oh, no, oh, no. Oh, my. We finally met back up in the town square. Me with a full rucksack of items for our trip. Milk, Deku nuts, some red and green potions, and even a few hearts, should we end up needing them. Norbert, however, looked like he had been through the ringer. Experiencing one of the vandal attacks had left him quite stunned, and for a time, he even expressed second thoughts about heading deep into the forest in the south. My curiosity, however, was only piqued by his run-in with a bandit. Clearly, these were violent and aggressive kids, but nevertheless, not everyone was completely fed up with them. The guard and the shop owner even seemed like they wanted to extend second chances with these kids, like they could still feel some good within them, and they wanted to tend to it and help it grow. So we headed to our final stop on our trip, deep into Kokoree Forest. Before we made it in, however, we were stopped by someone who only bolstered the idea of redemption for these random rascals, and he too seemed very eager to speak with us. Are you inquiring who I am? <sighs> yes, I'm asking who you are. I am Kapor. Kapor lives in the woods. I'm an owl but travels all over Hyrule and had seen one of these bandits in action from the very beginning. We asked what he thought about him. Uh, mostly pleasant. He's actually a very nice young man. Kipora said that he hadn't had much negative interaction with the kid at all. I like his hat. And he even admitted to showing this kid how to pull off some of the crazy stunts and acts of vandalism around Hyrule. Yeah! Yeah, no, I've, I've taught him everything he knows. I've taught him how to do the magic spin attack. I've taught him how to sprint. I've taught him how to swim a few times. Do you want to hear what I said again? And he always seemed worried that we didn't understand him. I could never tell if this was a language barrier or maybe something else. I taught him everything he knows. I taught him how to do the spin attack. Roland pressed Kepora on the idea of aiding and abetting a criminal, but I held back, not knowing what to think at this point. Regardless, the idea of being an accomplice had never seemed to cross Kepora's mind. Clearly, you're, you're aiding and abetting someone. Well, up until now, no one knew. No one really likes to listen to Kepora the Owl, uh, which is why I'm so thrilled when people want to talk to me. Did you get all that? I... I don't... No one really wants to talk to Kipor the... As we continued, it became clear that he didn't think he was causing any harm by teaching this kid. I'm not teaching him how to become a vandal. I'm teaching him how to wield a sword and shield. I'm teaching him how to protect everyone in Hyrule. I'm teaching him how to be the hero of time. Which is where we got a little lost. I have no idea 
what you're talking about. What what do you what do you think this vandalism? And at this point, things got a little tense between Ronald and Kapora. Come in and and steal is doing to the people of Hyrule. If people didn't want things stolen from them, they should have put them in a locked away place. But I mean, he's taking all this for the greater good, probably. And Randy even suggested that Kapora get out of Hyrule. You know, it, it seems like you're quite a menace. Have you ever considered leaving Hyrule and taking this guy with you, maybe fighting campaigns elsewhere? Well, it's not the winter yet, so I won't be going to the south. That's all I have to say about that. Would you like to hear it again? I... Why do you keep asking it like that? After a while, it became clear that we were not going to convince Kapora of anything other than his own opinion, and we decided to be on our way. But before we did, Roland had one last question for the large bird. You know, if you're staying around and you're teaching this kid, what's, your, what's the message you're trying to send to the princess? Well, uh, in a few words, what I would like to say to the princess is, um, would you like to hear that again? We continued deep into the forest for our final interview of our trip. We were set to interview the great Diku tree. His centuries of experience in the forest would most certainly lend itself to helping us tell the complete story of the downfall of these vandals in Hyrule. However, upon arriving in the forest, we learned that the great Diku tree had died a few weeks earlier. So, with our heads hung low, we turned to leave. However, before exiting Kokiri, we came across some unlikely characters that were more than happy to give their take on what was happening in the kingdom of Hyrule. They introduced themselves to us. This is my brother. They were the Know-It-All brothers. Oh yeah, this is my brother. And they had one of the most unique takes on some of these bandits. I'm sorry, did you say bandit? <laughs> Are you referring to my good friend uh, Link? <laughs> I, think means, I think he means the boy. Oh, he is no bandit, he is a hero. Yeah. They explained that it was they who taught one of these vandals. He, he came to us when he was very new and we showed him how to do all sorts of things. Oh yes, he, he did not know how to assign anything. We, we show him how to put the stick on, on the C buttons. Yeah, on both of the C buttons. And we showed him how to do the backflip. Can you Ooh. do the backflip? And they seemed quite put off by the last guest we had interviewed. Especially that damn owl. Oh, that owl. Kepora. Mm. This owl, he comes to us and he tells us that he knows how to teach people how to use the buttons better than we do. Oh, he's so rude. And when he just... finishes talking and he asks, would you like to hear that again? It's like, no, man, he, we heard you the first time. He just goes over and over and over. They went into a little backstory about their history with the boy. He was very quiet, a very quiet boy, but very perceptive. He, he pick up on what we tell him very, very quick. Do you remember the one time he got the Diku nut? Oh, yeah, the Diku nut. That was a good time, yeah. Oh, it's so good. He's so sneaky. And they truly seemed to have little concern for vandalism in the forest. Well, I tell you, in the forest, many things, uh, they grow in the forest. The trees, yeah. the Diku nuts, yeah. uh, the pots, yeah. uh, they all grow. You know, if something is chopped down or smashed, uh, it grows back. So very very the negative quickly. effects, I, I don't think uh, too many in the forest, but in, in the rest of uh, the kingdom, yeah, 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 I think it could be a big problem. But, 
But what is the rest of the kingdom to us? You, you know, I mean, we live in the forest. We are of the forest. You know, nobody yeah. comes to us when there's a problem. They just, they just, they want to cut down our trees and they, mm-hmm. they want to, to take our fairies. And it's, it's just, you know, uh, who, who are they to do that to us without, uh, you know, us sending maybe a hero to help them? But I wasn't satisfied. I had come to Hyrule looking for answers. But now, I seemed to just have more questions. So I asked them, even if they didn't think the vandalism was a problem, which we did, did they at least have any idea of why this problem had grown so large over the past few months? Do you know, you keep saying bandit, but I think you mean hero. There are many verse people in the kingdom. That that big green man, you know, he's, he's constantly trying to steal the kingdom. The one with the orange hair. Oh, th- that orange hair is so bad, yeah, so bad. Yeah, you should be doing the story about him. He is the one with the big problem, not the children of the forest. Oh, yes. The children are so good. When I asked if the royal family should get involved, they had a lot to say. Almost as if they had been thinking of this for quite some time. She should absolutely... Yeah, you tell them. Yeah, she should She should be thanking us. I mean, we we have taught... The hero, everything that we can, and he is doing such a good job. Yeah, we, we think he is going to be a big help these days. And, and as his mentors, we should absolutely get some credit. Yeah, yeah, I agree with my brother here. I, I think that uh, a lot of the credit of, of saving the world should go to uh, A, the boy, uh, number two, uh, my brother, and C, uh, his brother. Oh, oh, yeah, my brother, he makes a good point. My, uh, the, the brothers in the forest, they, they have done such a good job. And uh, I would say it's about a 50-50, you know, responsibility between the boy and us. It is maybe 50-50-50, if, if you know what I am saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the end, we didn't find the answers we sought. We didn't know why these malicious acts were occurring, or how they might end. In looking for answers in Hyrule, we learned something about the quests happening in ourselves. Uh, Lacey, listen, hold on. Whoa, 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 hold on. What? What? No, I I gotta... What? I was almost done. Hold on, no, 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 I gotta take it back. I gotta take it back. What do you mean? Because people keep bringing this up, and, uh, like, I I gotta know. They're... What? What's with the pots? What are you talking about? What's with the pots? People keep saying that he's coming in and breaking the pots, and and nobody is concerned. Po- like, isn't that a really? You were there, man. Yeah, and it was it was disastrous. He came in and he just obliterated all the pots in the room. I, okay, I know where you're coming from. Uh, meet me in the middle, though. This is, that's not really the point. But you, you know I, I, what we're what what we're reporting on here is like the the social impact that it's having. Social. He's stealing, and for some I know. reason, See? no one ca- like what's that's, that's what I mean. That's what we're focused on. But why do they care? They grow back. That's not. That's not the. That's not the point. Do you remember when we were when we were in the the castle? You know. Yes. And we, and we yes. met everybody in there. They you were know. all very nice. They were. They were. They're and all very confused, but they're very nice. It was very sad of of what they were having to go through. Yes. You know. But when he leaves, the pots just grow back. How does that economy work? They have the money just comes back in the pots. Oh, and that's not the point, man. It's like, Nolan, and it is the point. What? How about we take some calls? 
Uh, How about we take some calls? Fine. You know, fine. Uh, listening audience, uh, if you're out there, you've been listening to our, our, our tale that's taken many dips, many valleys, many peaks all over the place. So if you are out there and you've been listening to our, our tale this evening, give us a call. 1-800-257-1117. Again, that's 1-800-257-1117. And let's see. Yes, we've got a, we've got a caller here uh, in on line one. Uh, uh, Steven, can you route him into our, our feed here? Hello? Hi, are you there? Yeah. Hi, you're on the air. Oh, hi. Okay, so... What's your name? Uh, my name's Bindle. Bindle, welcome to After the Plot. Good to have you here. I'm, I'm, I'm Good Job Lacey, and this is Randy Lacey over here. Yeah, long, long time listener, first time caller. Um, oh, great, great. So, uh, yeah, I know the guy you're, you're talking about. He, uh, he comes into my shop a lot. Um, you, you know him? Yeah, I, well, I know of him. He he comes in. I live in Hyrule. What what do you what do you do in Hyrule? I run the cool little little uh, the game where you shoot the bow and arrow. The the bow and arrow game. Yeah, yeah. I've been running that forever with my uh, my family. I've been running that, and he he comes in a fair amount. Um, he's real good. He's real good with a bow and arrow, but uh, just he, you know, he comes in. He's a little shy of uh, of what he needs to play the game, and then he breaks my pots, and he uh, he does he does what he breaks the pots, right? And you know, and yeah, he, he breaks the pots. He takes the money that's in the pots, and then I'm like, mm. all right, well, I mean, that is enough, so I guess you can play. Um, yeah. And that's not a problem. I mean, it's a small <sighs> Listen, annoyance, but they come back. Ronald, that's not don't it's don't. Nolan. Don't 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 get on our friend's case here. We were actually at your establishment the the third night we were in Hyrule. Um, I, I don't think um, I don't think Randy re- remembers the the evening there. We we actually played a few rounds at your establishment. It might have been after you you left for the night. But, oh uh, man, yeah, I don't. I'm sorry, we missed you. Oh man. We had a great time though. Uh, uh, well, really I'm glad. Space. If I had known, I would have tried to get a picture to put on the wall of celebrities. I got everybody. Well, we'll certainly there. be back. Lovely, yeah. lo- lovely city there. Yeah. So, how how have you managed to get by with you know this this turmoil in your business and in your life? Well, I, I mean, at the very least, I think that he has uh, instilled fear in people to uh, learn how to shoot bow and arrow better. Uh, I have seen an increase in people uh, coming to to make sure they know how to use a bow and arrow uh, if it comes into their house. Um, yeah, I I think there's there's a fair amount of that. Just but it's it ha- it hadn't been great. I'll, I'll tell you that. Good job and and Boblin. Um, yeah, it's it, Nolan. It it hasn't been great. Um, it's too bad we didn't have some fire arrows when we were there. That would have been a good time. Uh, you guys, you guys do fire arrows? I, I mean, we used to. It's a, uh, it's a big hazard with OSHA. Um, mm. So, so we've we've kind of started to stray away from there, but yeah, um, yeah. for a while. Well, listen, uh, I really pre- appreciate you calling in. Uh, I think it was good to get get some insight from more 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 people on the ground and seeing how it's affecting the day to day life and. In Hyrule, so uh, yeah, you know, good. Thanks for calling in, yeah, and thanks, uh, we'll, thanks for we'll having catch you me. next time. Okay. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Listen, 
Yeah. You you can't ignore it now. Even he mentioned that his pods Who? get vandalized. And, Who did? And Blavin, the, we just we just spoke to him. He's in Hyrule. It's a he, sad situation that he's in. You know yeah, what I mean? But the, how he he said that he takes his own money from his pots, which the kid no, breaks. Right, but it come. It's you just go out and come back in again, and then it's fine. How does that work? Are they fungus? Do they bud? Do they just grow back? Are they eternal? What is it? It's not. That's not the the point of it. What we went for, you know. How is that not the point? That could fix so many problems. Back up, back up for a second, and look at this from a bigger picture. You know, you we see, we see these type of of problems on a micro scale everywhere. You know, city life, urban life, rural life, and when you can really step back and appreciate um, not only the the negative consequences, but some of the factors that feed into the cyclical nature of this problem. I think that's really what this story teaches us. The cyclical not, nature not necessarily, is you open a door, you not close a door, the... more pots! Hey, hey! No! Don't forget! No! Don't forget, hey, you still have to clean up second. from your party. There's okay. cups of glitter, there's right. cups of ketchup, there's right. cups of mayonnaise, anyway, and cups of mustard. Thanks for, They're not going to clean up themselves. Thanks for joining us They're this month. Uh, my name was Good They're Job Lacey. And this was uh, Brian Lacey. Um, we'll see you next time. Uh, after the plot, thanks for tuning in. Uh, check out our website, uh, finalplank.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram at at finalplank, um, and we'll we'll see you next time. After the Plot is hosted by Brent and Nolan Lacey. Additional talent is provided by David Hallman. Brent Lacey edits the show. Theme music was composed by Jared Bookbinder. Sound effects are provided courtesy of freesound.org. Zelda theme was composed by Koji Kondo. Samples were mixed by Lily Pichu and TV Blonde. Our guest fairy today was Tanvi Takur. After the Plot is a production of Final Plank Media.